Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. On today's show, we're going to be discussing how a CPA would recommend you take income in retirement. Also, what is private equity and private debt and should you include it in your retirement plan? My name's Jeff Shade, and I'm just here to ask the questions, of course, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO and president of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how's this weekend treating you? Oh, really good. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear that, Brian. I hope everybody's having a great weekend, and we certainly appreciate you joining us here on Growing Your Wealth. Brian, as I understand it, planning your retirement income, it's not quite as simple as figuring out how much you can afford to take. You really got to understand how much you can take and from what source that you take that income. Am I understanding this right, Brian? Yeah, I think this is a topic I want to expand on because, you know, I'm paying attention to what's out there and there's just too much randomness going on with with people's planning. And I'm going to break it down into certain different areas because there's certain assets that do different things, uh, investments that do different things, like some are geared towards cash flow and some are not. There's different tax consequences. Some are in qualified accounts, some are in non-qualified accounts, some are in Roths, money within non-qualified accounts. Some has a high cost basis, some doesn't. Some has a big gain, some doesn't. Your tax brackets are different every single year on different amounts of money within that year. Your capital gains brackets are different than your ordinary brackets. So we're, now we're adding some levels of complexity here. Now we got a matrix going almost. I'm, I'm picturing a matrix of tax ramifications, marginal tax rates over a period of different years, and the types of investments and what they're spinning off as taxable or deferred income. Not taxable now, but taxable at some later date based upon your choices. So given we have a matrix of decisions to make, it just galls me when I see an ad going, what's your number? Really? All of that planning you're going to do by coming up with a number? Okay, my number is two million. Well, what does that mean? I mean, I, I filled out your thing online. It said it's two million and that's it. That's, there's your, your high level planning. It's just like going to the doctor and saying, oh, doc, what can you do for me? Here's a, a bunch of spinach. Go eat this spinach. Everything will be fine. It was like, that's it? That's all it takes? Yep. Just eat this spinach. You know, it's just not enough. It's, you, it's The oversimplification that I'm seeing out there is mind-numbing to me, frankly, Jeff. Just mind-numbing. <laughs> because, again, what's your number? Are right. you kidding me? Mm-hmm. How dumbed down can you make financial planning? I might as well just hang it up, Jeff. If it was that easy, let's just go home. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to do this show anymore. Nothing I'm to talk done. about. I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, oh, my goodness. Well, here's the other one that, that gets 
gets me is so I'll, I'll read uh, advice and planning advice as it relates to taxes. And I, I see these articles and I give some advice and oh, this is what you need to do and this is what you don't need to do and all this stuff. I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down here. Did you get a copy of, you know, if we're talking about you, the audience member, did they get a copy of your tax return before they gave you that advice? No, of course not. Well, then how can they give you any advice? How can anybody give tax advice to someone, specific tax advice, and say, do this, don't do that, if they haven't even asked you for your tax return? So I've been bringing up this up on the show lately because I know a lot of uh, people I talked to said, oh, yeah, my advisor does tax planning. I say, really? So they, they got a copy of your tax return. Well, no, they've never asked me for the tax return. I said, well, then how in the world are they, they doing tax planning? That's like, again, saying, well, there's something wrong with me internally. I, I've got a medical issue. And then having somebody give you advice that's never met you and hasn't looked at your chart. <laughs> I was like, well, wait a second. How are you giving me advice if you haven't looked at my chart? Actually, that's a pretty darn good analogy, Jeff, because the tax return is your chart. Right. How do you give any advice if you haven't looked at the chart? And so that one gets me. And then people say, well, my CPA is helping me with my investment plan and so forth. And have they ever asked you for your statements? That's a chart. You got to have the chart. You got to have all the charts. I got to have your tax return in front of me. I got to have those charts. I got to have your statements, what you're in, what it's doing. Is it providing cash flow, security, liquidity, tax savings, growth? You know, what are the components? What types of accounts are those in? Again, another chart. I'm charting this stuff out. Okay, I've got X amount in IRAs, and I know I have required minimum distributions in the future. I got Y amount in non-qualified accounts, and I got tax issues with some assets and not with others. I've got my Roth accounts, which are, are tax-free. We usually want to leave those alone. I have, uh, we'll call it mailbox money, money coming in that I don't have yet. I'm charting that out in a financial plan, frankly. I'm charting out the cash flow from the annuities, from the rentals, from the fixed annuities uh, or the lifetime cash annuities, the universal life, and the fact that it can be tax-free, et cetera, et cetera. So I think as I explore this topic, Jeff, it's really about having that, all the different accurate charts mm -hmm. and consolidating that data to come up with an actual good plan because you can do this without it. You can guess or fake it till you make it or all those things we talk about on, on the radio. And, and that's what, frankly, most of the people I talk to have been subjected to. But to get this stuff right, which we desperately want to do for you, you know, we want you to have a better life. We want you to have a better retirement. We want you to have better finances, not make mistakes, not miss opportunities, take advantage of knowledge and planning and doing the work, which we do the heavy lifting on. You don't have to know how to analyze all this stuff. You just have to give us the information. We'll, we'll go from there. I don't go to the doctor saying, yeah, I just read a book on medical. Uh, let me tell you what you need to prescribe me. I don't do that. I don't need to do that. Nor do you when you come in. You right. don't have to know more than us. Some people think they do. They go, oh, I'm embarrassed. I don't know all this stuff. I'm like, why in the world are you embarrassed? I worked hard to learn all this stuff. Please let me be really good in my profession. You stay in your lane. You're an engineer. You're a doctor. You're, a, you're, you're whatever. You do your thing. And I will. If, when I need that, I will go to you and I will turn that over to you. I will trust that you know what you're doing. Trust that we know what we're doing and that we can help you. And so you don't have to know all this stuff, but you do have to ask the question. You do have to take that step to, you know, set up the appointment to gather that information to maybe, you know, go through 
some analysis that's like, wow, this stuff's complicated. My brain's starting to hurt, but I know it's important. So, you know, I, I would encourage people to do that because we want to give you the attention you deserve and get this stuff right. Uh, clearly, we want to get it right. We're not cookie cutting anybody here. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody has their own charts. And, you know, I would encourage people also to come see us before waiting to the end of the year. A lot of this is about fighting inertia. We're like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. Maybe I don't want to do that just now. Maybe I'll put it off to the end of the year. Well, it might be hard to get an appointment with us at the end of the year because, you know, my own advisors, they have their own holiday plans and so forth and so on. After the first year, we get busy and then, you know, people tend to put things off. And before you know it, another year has passed. You go, huh, I didn't do that. Two years have passed. I, I was going to call him. Uh, oh, three years ago, I was going to call him. I still haven't. So I would encourage people that, you know, if, if I've kind of piqued some interest here that, yeah, I would like somebody to look at my stuff and get it right, that come in sooner rather than later. Don't just wait until some future date that may not occur. Brian, can you give me a specific example of maybe a tax return that you looked at and what you saw and then how you came up with a solution to a problem that maybe a regular financial advisor wouldn't see, but a CPA would? Uh, how many hours do we got here, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rest of this one, well, we can carry Probably it over. Into, we'll do it next Boy, week if you want. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like a kid in the candy store right now with all the things that are hitting my yeah. head right now with that question. Boy. Uh, all right. Well, let me let me try my best here. So absolutely. And as soon as you asked that, I, I had two of those. You know, I'm using the chart analogy. Two of them hit me. Uh, one was the tax turn and one is the financial plan. So if I'm looking at somebody's financial plan, then very often they've said, yeah, I've been told to put off Social Security till I'm 70. I'm going to defer my annuities till later. And I'm not going to touch my qualified accounts until age 73 and I have required minimum distributions. I'm like, okay, according to your tax turn, you have basically zip on taxable income for eight years until you're age 73 or whatever it is. And so I'm looking at that first off, that one jumps out of me. Then I look at their tax turn itself and I see carry forwards. I see carryovers. Oh yeah, I took a loss on, on something and, and I've got that long-term loss carry forward, but I'm deferring everything because I don't want to pay tax. I've been told to save on tax and that's what I should do. I read an article. I heard it on someone else's show and I'm like, okay, let's do something different. First off, we can actually trigger capital gains to offset. So in the example I'm thinking about, they did have a big capital loss carry forward we could actually offset gains and not pay any income tax because those are just carrying forward at 3000 a year. Why not sell something in a gain position that you want to sell? Like, let's say it's a, a rental house. You go, well, I have to DST that to defer the tax. Well, not all of it. In this example, they did have a rental house. I said, we're going to DST some of it. We're going to 1031 some of it, but we're going to take cash out of the deal, get taxed on it. It's called taxable boot. And then take that boot and offset it against your capital loss carry forwards and have no income tax on it and put money in your account that doesn't have any tax associated with it. How's that for a start? And they're like, well, that sounds pretty good. Next, I see some years here that don't have enough taxable income. And what I mean by that is if you're deferring tax, you're just pushing it off. Now, would you trade where you receive 12 cents or 15 cents and then give 32 cents back? 
for that? Well, I hope not. That's a bad deal. Well, that's what people are choosing to do. They're saying, well, I'm going to be in this low bracket. I'm not going to take advantage of that low bracket. I'm going to wait till I'm older and then I'm going to get nailed because everything's coming. I got my social security coming in. I got my annuities hitting. I got my required minimum distributions hitting. I'm well into six figures. I'm at one of the upper tax brackets. I'm getting killed. And what I'm saying is do your tax planning knowing what the, you know, let's reverse engineer that. Wouldn't I rather take that really high tax bracket stuff and shove it into your, your age 65, age 66, age 67? Not only will you pay less tax over your lifetime, but wouldn't it be nice instead of having a whole bunch of money you can't spend at 75 to have money you can spend at 65? and not have to pay as much income tax over the course of your lifetime, that sounds like a big win. But I don't think you can do this exercise properly unless the advisor is who understands all this stuff is sitting in front of your tax return and your lifetime financial plan. I just don't see how you can do that without the proper charts in this example to get that right. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs about how a CPA would recommend you take income in retirement and what a CPA sees on your tax return. If you want help with your taxes and tax planning and you want it looked at through the eyes of a CPA, I would encourage you right now to call 833-673-7373 and request your Madrona analysis. The phone lines are open right now. That number again, 833-673-7373. Now, you must have at least $500,000 of investable assets. It is just a conversational analysis between you and a Madrona advisor to put you on a path to retirement in which you can minimize your taxes and maximize your tax planning. And as a bonus, we'll also send you out a copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Once again, it's not going to cost you a dime, but the Madrona analysis could be just what you need to get a handle on your tax planning. Once again, that number to call 833-673-7373. If you want your taxes looked at through a CPA's eyes, once again, 833-673-7373. And once again, call right now because the phone lines are open. Brian, what does someone do if they have a stock portfolio which has had a significant gain and they sell it? What would be the answer to offset that gain? Yeah, there's a lot of different possibilities here. Uh, The first thing we have to do is figure out the three types of accounts. Okay, where are those gains? Are they in the Roth? Are they in the qualified accounts, the IRA types, or the non-qualifieds? So once we've determined that, where they are, I can say, well, we can easily sell positions in your IRA or your Roth with no tax consequences. So that got really easy right there. The the question is really about your non-qualified accounts. So what we do there is, is this is another example of a chart. So I would obtain their fair market value and cost basis for all of their non-qualified holdings. And then uh, usually goes on an Excel spreadsheet. And then I sort by gain percentage. And I see what's available there because usually people are coming to me because, well, for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons is because, yeah, I've been listening to your show, Brian, and frankly, me and my advisor do not have access to all the stuff you talk about. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer, to reiterate what you do not have access to yourself, it's accumulation, safe accumulation in fixed or fixed index annuities. It's guaranteed lifetime cash flow from annuities, universal life, creating tax-free cash flow in retirement, premium finance, opportunity zones, 1031 exchange into passive real estate through Delaware Statutory Trust, buffered ETFs, structured notes, 
private non-traded equity REITs, credit funds and private equity. Okay, that's a laundry list of stuff that you have to go through an advisor to access. So a lot of people are coming to me going, well, I want to access that stuff, but I got a problem. My non-qualified accounts has a lot of gains. So the first thing I could do when I've charted this stuff out is I can see that, well, some of your holdings probably have a loss and some have a small gain. And there's a couple at the top, you know, the usual suspects, Microsoft, Tesla, you know, Amazon, those kinds of things, Apple. And so I can find a grouping of stocks and say, all right, if we sell this group, we can offset the loss positions with the small gain positions and create a cash amount, an amount that doesn't affect your taxes adversely. I'll call that phase one of the analysis. So now we've created some cash. We can do one of those other, some of those other investments I just mentioned outside the market because the person wants to diversify. The next tier is the stuff with, you know, medium gains, we'll call it. And so that's the one we analyze and say, all right, I'll send it to Stella or one of my CPAs and say, how much of that can we sell and stay within the 15% bracket? And I'll get a number from her. Okay, well, now we can choose, we can elect to choose to sell some of that at the lowest capital gains bracket. Before we get into the 20 and the 23.8, or if you have state, uh, it could be up to 30 or more. And so we want to do that. And now the, the third tier is the high gain stuff. And that's the stuff where we look at and say, we maybe don't want to touch this. We will restrict this from trading. And this could be the growth aspect of the portfolio. Whereas now we're adding to the security, cash flow, liquidity, tax saving parts of the portfolio with other investments. And so that, you know, the analysis starts getting into, wow, we're, we're bifurcating all kinds of different tiers within the non-qualified accounts to be tax smart throughout. Some at 0%, some at the lowest capital gains, avoid the highest capital gains, looking at repositioning accounts. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the question comes up, you know, okay, if I'm doing an annuity, do I do that with the qualified account? account, non-qualified accounts, some of each. And that is where I go back to that financial plan and say, what are our projected tax brackets in the years forward? How can I have some be somewhat taxable and some be taxable and, and not put us in a higher bracket? So what you may be picking up on this is there's a lot more to it than just uh, what's your number or you know whatever we <laughs> talked about earlier in the show. But there is a lot more and I, I may be nerding out here, but this is a level to which we want to work with our clients to get things right. We're not going to take the easy route and just say, yeah, I can't give you tax advice. Give me your money. We'll invest it, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's not good enough for us. We actually get pretty sniper-like in, okay, the, here's here's a group of stocks we can touch. Here's the ones we don't, and here's why, and, and we can get into that to get the, the right answer for you. And Brian, based on this conversation, I mean, it's quite evident that you have a very deep and broad knowledge of the tax codes. And being a CPA and an advisor definitely puts you at an advantage. If someone does not have a CPA who's also an advisor, let's say just has an advisor who is calling in a CPA for outside advice, is there a good possibility that they'll miss some of the things that you've talked about? And if they do, how does that really affect someone's long-term retirement plan? Well, I would say that, yeah, I mean, if you have an advisor and, and they're communicating with a CPA, then that's great. I just don't see that happening out there. No. I, I don't know any advisor that talks to CPAs. I don't know any CPA that talks to advisors, really at all. And so if you have that, great. I'm, I'm probably talking to the 98% of people that don't have that. 
And so I think it's super important that I put my, you know, that's, that's what my career is. I think my career is super important. I think what I do is super important to the people I, we, we do it for. I think we have, have a great service model for folks and we're trying to solve something. We're trying to solve something. It's just not prevalent out there. And, you know, I travel the country. I go to conferences. I'm a national coach to hundreds of advisors. They're not doing it. And they're, how do we work with you, Brian? How do we help our clients? So I'm kind of working. I am trying to help coach some advisory firms in how to work in the tax analysis part. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And so, you know, we can do it. Certainly Madrona Financial and CPAs, that's who we are. But back to your question, Jeff, if, if you have that, great. I'm, I'm just acknowledging that it's kind of rare great. and uh, we can provide that for you. But I would imagine, as you said, 98% of the people listening do not have a CPA who's also a financial advisor. I would think that if they just have a financial advisor, that the long-term effect in their portfolio is going to be, the net result is that they're going to be paying way too much in taxes than they actually have to. Is that about correct? Well, it could be. I mean, if there isn't a lot of tax planning opportunities, then it wouldn't matter. But I don't go to a lot. I don't have a lot of meetings where I don't see tax planning opportunities. They jump out at me like crazy. And so I I think it's super important to have have both. And I think a a lot of the people that we get as prospective clients that come in and have us uh, look at their stuff, they're really not even working with a financial advisor. They've been in the growth phase of of their life and they're putting all their money in the markets and so forth. They got stocks and bonds and cash equivalents. That's what they have. And they don't have the other investment categories I listed off a little bit earlier. And so they're going from a do-it-yourself where they clearly aren't a CPA and a licensed financial advisor. So they can't do it. They're not allowed to do what we do, get into the products that we, we can get you in. But that's what a lot of people are coming from. They, they've just been do-it-yourself, which, which is fine. They got to where they're at, but now they want to take it to that next level. And they know they don't have the toolbox that we have to take them to the next level. They've got a lot of money under man- you know, that they could have under management. They're at some life event, an inheritance, uh, selling a business, retirement, something like that. And that's usually when we get called. We don't get called when you're 40 and you're working, you're maxing out your 401k and buying rental houses. That's generally not our, our target client. We get called later in life and, and you have a, a triggering event that you need that next level of service. So that's really what we're about and being able to provide that next level of service. So if you're in that group, please do give us a call. I, I promise it won't be a waste of time. I don't think you're going to go that. That was a complete waste of time learning all that stuff and looking at my portfolio and my tax tree and my financial plan. Gee, I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> I just don't never hear that, Jeff. So uh, I would encourage people to call and don't put it off. Again, as you mentioned earlier, the number one thing I hear people uh, that come in, gosh, I should have come here years ago. I should have called you. I just got busy. I got busy. Well, I got news for you. You're going to be busy the rest of your life, I think, because most people are just busy, period. That's the world we live in. So it does take a concerted effort to say, all right, I am busy. I'm going to be busy. I'm going to make that call. I'm going to come in. I'm going to have them look at this, and I'm going to be better off as a result. So I encourage you to do that. Well, that clock is ticking, Brian, towards the end of the year. And I know, as you said, people are busy, but you've got to make room to uh, talk to you or your advisors there at Madrona about taxes. I know that it certainly does pique my interest. If our listeners 
listeners are interested in the topic that we've talked about today, and that is taxes. Once again, you can get in and get your Madrona analysis. Phone lines are open right now to request it at 833-673-7373. I repeat the number again, 833-673-7373. It is a no-cost and a no-obligation analysis. It's just a friendly conversation to put you on the right path to retirement, and certainly one in which you will be enlightened about your taxes and tax minimization and tax planning. Once again, no cost, no obligation. Do it right now, 833-673-7373. If you're just joining us, this is Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, and I'm Jeff Shade. We just finished discussing, of course, how a CPA would recommend that you take income in retirement. If you want to hear the show again, don't worry, we're also a podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcast and search for Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. You're going to find this show and all of our past shows so that you can stay on top of your wealth and how to grow it. We're going to take a quick break, Brian. When we come back, we'll be discussing what private equity and private debt are and whether or not you should include it in your retirement plan. Stay tuned. Growing Your Wealth will be right back with even more ways to help sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Tired of only getting half the story? That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about private equity and private debt and whether or not you should consider them in your overall retirement plan. Now, Brian, I've got a few ideas here, but I'm not really sure what private equity or private debt actually is. Can you sum up what private equity and private debt really consist of? Yeah, and I'll throw in another term, private non-traded real estate investment trusts, private non-traded REITs. But in a nutshell, if we just break down the the investment real estate market, you know, there's a couple of parties to most real estate transactions. There's the equity owners, the ones that own the real estate. And very often they go out and get loans on that real estate. They leverage it. And so there's the lender. And so the lender can make interest on it and the equity owner can make appreciation or depreciation. So they're taking the risk and getting the reward of the change in value of the underlying real estate plus they're getting the net rental income. So that's a little riskier proposition. The lender is getting interest on the mortgage. And so the lender is not taking as much risk on the upside or downside of it to an extent, because if that, uh, you know, sometimes uh, lenders lend money on real estate and uh, somebody stops paying the mortgage and they have to foreclose on it. So hopefully they have enough equity to cover that. But generally speaking, entities will lend money, earn interest. Others will invest in the real estate, operate it, get rental income and any appreciation or depreciation. So we can participate as investors in either side of that equation. And so a private non-traded equity REIT is merely where you're pooling your money with other investors and going through a financial advisor because you have to go through a financial advisor. And very often, all of these products I'm talking about, you have to be an accredited investor. You have to have at least a million dollars outside of net worth outside of your principal residence. Some of the investments I'm going to talk about, you have to be a kind of a super accredited uh, five million and up. But for most of them, it's it's one million and up. Some have lower levels. So I, I just want to put out that that you can't just get into any of this stuff without first talking to your financial advisor and figuring out whether you qualify or not. But back to the the example where you could have either side. So you can be an investor pooling your money with other people and investing in real estate that you are now taking the risk, again, on the upside or the downside of the appreciation or not, and you're getting the rental income. So that's a very common tool people use to get into particular kinds of real estate that they want to get into. 
And you know, we, we certainly put a lot of our clients into that tool because we're trying to solve for things. As we always talk about on the show, we're trying to, uh, an investment can do any one of five different things, sometimes two different things, sometimes three, but never all five. They can have the potential for growth, they can be secure, a liquid, provide cash flow, or provide tax savings in varying degrees. No one investment does all five well. And so we might look to private equity, or let's start with private uh, non-traded equity REITs, where you're uh, the uh, owner of the real estate with other people. What does real estate do? Well, it can grow, but anytime I say something can grow, it can also lose money. Okay, so it's a risk asset. So we know that. It can provide cash flow because of rental income. Okay, that's pretty good. Is it secure? No, I just said it could lose money. Okay, is it liquid? Mm, maybe, maybe not. So real estate, you don't want too much liquidity. That's what's been wrong with the public traded REIT uh, indexes of late. They're too liquid. And so can it provide tax savings? Oh yeah, it can, especially with the 1031 into a, a Delaware statutory trust. And so it had certain attributes. Now I'm gonna look at another area, the other side of the equation, the lending part. So back in 2008, we had the banking crisis and a lot of them shuttered and closed down. Essentially, the middle market banks that used to supply most of the credit for middle market companies and corporations and so forth kind of dried up. And so we had a big void. Uh, These companies didn't know where they could go to borrow money. And so it was filled. That void was largely filled by private money, people pooling their money again to make loans and receive the interest, secured loans. So we're getting into what is private debt. So private debt is essentially, again, the the reverse side of the the real estate equation, or it could be something other than real estate, but it could be the value of a company's stock. But basically, you're pooling your money with other investors and lending it. It might be secured by real estate, it might be secured by the stock of the company. And in return, you're trying to receive an above market interest rate. So it's a way to provide exceptional cash flow above what you can get with bonds and with other kinds of things typically. So that's its strength is is cash flow piece. Can it grow? No, not really, because you, you don't have an equity ownership. You're just hoping there's not defaults, and that's why you have a diversified portfolio if you're going to do private debt, typically. So it does have certain attributes, whereas the equity real estate, you know, it can grow and can lose money. The private debt doesn't have much of a chance to grow. It can lose money due to defaults, so it is still a risk asset. But hopefully your underlying security is adequate for the type of risk you want to have relative to its return. So those are two of the areas. I haven't mentioned private equity yet, but that was private non-traded equity REITs, where you're investing in the real estate aspect of an investment, pooling your money with other people. And the other was private debt, where you're lending money out that's secured to obtain a very high interest rate. So, Brian, that's a pretty complete explanation there, but I do want to talk about private equity. Let's say, for example, there's a giant dead shopping mall out there that's been dead for years and years. Somebody comes in and let's say that they want to convert it into the world's largest pickleball court. You know, pickleball is all the rage (laughs) these days. They want to call it pickleball world or something. It's everything pickleball. You have an opportunity to buy into that. Would that be an example of a private equity investment? Yeah, I can talk about that because it doesn't exist. I have not seen that cross my desk. I <laughs> can't come on the show and talk about it. Yeah, yet. <laughs> yet, uh, yet. Yeah, I, I, I assume that would be a huge hit in Florida in the oh, summer yeah. when you need air conditioning course, to play pickleball. Yeah. And everybody wants to play that now. And, and yeah. the demographics are perfect for that. So mm-hmm. because it's not an actual, I can't talk about actual products on this show, any specifics. Nope. Right. And so that one I have never seen. So I'll talk about it. So yeah, let's just say somebody wanted to turn a JCPenney into a pickleball. That 
that would be more of a private equity in, endeavor because mm-hmm. how I differentiate private equity from a REIT or a credit REIT or credit fund is that private equity is generally a development project, meaning that there is more risk. And so you're, you know, okay, you're going to convert that shopping mall into the pickleball court. You're going to build something from ground up. Maybe you just have permits and an option on the land. And people are, you know, why would somebody do that? Don't I want a sure thing? Well, yeah, a lot of people do want more of a sure thing. Oh, by the way, there are no sure things on risk investments, but we can do our due diligence and say, all right, I have a choice between this equity REIT that I know exactly what they own. I know what their rents are. I know what they're paying in distribution yield right now. I know what their expenses. I know all this stuff. I know where the property, I know that all the attributes I need to know, and you can invest in that. Or you could look into, again, private equity. Wow, I don't know much at all. I know they have a plan. I know their track history on other investments, but the thing isn't built. They don't have their tenants yet. They haven't secured financing maybe. There's a lot of risk here. Why would I do something like that? Well, that's just higher on the risk reward continuum. So the more cream puff and sure thing an investment is, typically the lower the potential return. Because again, it's risk reward. If you have high risk, you generally expect high returns if things work out well. And they may not work out well. So with private equity, you're going into that because you have excess money that you're willing to take more of a chance on, more of a risk on, because you believe in the project and the, and the sponsor or whatever, and you want an exceptional return. You're not satisfied with kind of middle-of-the-road returns. You want to go for it. Now, a lot of my clients are go-for-it kind of people. Now, I don't want them to do that with all their money. They've usually done that their whole life. It was their business. You know, there was they put everything into it. Maybe they sold it and got a lot of money, and now they're reinvesting, and they kind of miss that entrepreneurial risk-taking piece of things. So they might allocate a portion of that to various development projects for the, the goal of exceptional returns. There's a lot more vetting and research that needs to go into that because there are no sure things out there. And they're sure less sure when you haven't even built the thing. But that appeals to some people to some degree in their portfolio. So again, assets within your portfolio can do one of five different things. They can grow and with growth comes risk of loss. They can be secure, they can be liquid, they can provide cash flow, and they can provide tax savings. So somebody with enough assets, and what I mean by enough is they're never going to spend what they have, and they want to take risk maybe for legacy planning. They don't need the money, they, they can take the risk of loss on something, and they're comfortable with that, and they kind of want to have this go-for-it aspect of their portfolio. They might be interested in private equity, these development projects. Now, sometimes private equity requires you to have a net worth of at least $5 million outside of your principal residence sometimes 1 million. Mm-hmm. It depends. So again, I can't talk about any particular product on this show and I won't, but that is an option for certain investors that want a little more potential juice to their portfolio to make it a little bit more interesting for them. So private equity, again, would be kind of that on the high, it would be on the high end of my risk reward continuum, mm-hmm. higher potential returns and higher potential losses when something hasn't been developed yet, but that is the plan for the investment. Brian, let's talk about vetting this private equity. I'm going to change this shopping mall from a pickleball court because that seems to be far-fetched. But let's say that it's in a densely populated area of Los Angeles, for example, where housing is at a shortage and they're going to turn this shopping mall into a combination of residential apartments, luxury apartments, and it's going to be businesses and it's all going to be walkable. How would you vet the risk factor as far as that goes and how would you vet it in general? 
Boy, there's a lot there because, uh, again, this is not an existing project that I have heard of. Uh, no. I imagine they're out there, but I, they haven't crossed my desk. So just conceptually speaking, yeah, I mean, there's, there is a ton of risk scenarios here, especially, oh, you said the word California. Right. Oh, my regulatory and tax antennas <laughs> just popped right out of my head. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, I'd probably run from that offering it past my, I don't even look at stuff that's generally, if it's in California okay. or New okay. York or New yeah. Jersey. So there's a vet right there. I'm saying, where is this thing? Oh, they are not business-friendly states. Do I really want to take a chance of investing in a business-unfriendly location, state, and everything? And and generally, the answer is no, I do not want to take that chance for my clients. So that was a great example, Jeff, of just how the vetting already popped out at me. Okay, well, let's say it's Texas or Florida. I'm like, okay, now I'll open the prospectus. Okay, I'll even look at it at this point. And so, so much of this has to do with who the sponsor is. If it's somebody I've never heard of, and I'm like, oh, again, my antenna goes up. It's like, well, I don't know these people. I don't know their track history, and maybe I can find it out. But, oh, that's incredibly important as to who's managing it, what type of project it is. Now, I think a bigger question, though, would be uh, diversification. The potential to invest in to diversified private equity, and there's a potential to invest into non-diversified, where it's just one project. Well, if it's just one project, I want you to have a lot of confidence, or maybe you say, well, it is one project, I like it, but I don't know if I love it. Maybe I'll put a smaller amount into that, and maybe I could pick several different ones, and I'll spread it out a little bit that way. So again, you know, we always like some level of diversification. It's tougher to get with private equity, you know, that it just is, but it is something we would vet for. Do we have enough diversity? If something went wrong with one of these projects, is that going to adversely affect your retirement? If it does, let's not do this. If you're going, nah, it doesn't really matter one or the other. I, I don't want it to go away. You know, I don't want to lose my money on it. But if something bad happened, for whatever reason, I'd be okay. Okay, then we can actually even have the discussion. So a lot of vetting of the private equity will be analyzing your tax return, analyzing your finances for the rest of your life, your legacy plans, your all this, you know, your cash flow and, and growth security, all that stuff. And then trying to disqualify it and say, uh, let's figure out all the reasons why you shouldn't do it and make sure one of those don't apply before we even have a discussion about doing that. So just want to point out, we, we have access to a lot of different things here. A lot of times we'll try and talk you out of it because, you know, it doesn't make sense. And we can figure out reasons why it doesn't make sense. And I think that's a win. When we look at something and we go, huh, there's two reasons why this doesn't make sense for you. That's a win because that means we didn't make the mistake. I don't want to make mistakes. You don't want to make mistakes with your retirement planning. And so the more time we spend trying to figure out, is there a potential, an obvious potential for a mistake, the better. So we, we definitely go through that process. But as you can see, it's this isn't for everybody. And so not all of my clients have private equity. Uh, very few do, in fact. But when it's appropriate for that person, then that's something we can look into. And we're going to challenge that with you. But some people want to hear that we have options uh, outside of the more of the typical stuff, certainly outside of just publicly traded REITs. You know, we have, we've been talking on the show about private non-traded equity REITs, private credit, and private equity investments, development type investments. Our program is called Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, CEO and President of Madrona Financial and CPAs. We've been talking about private debt, private equity, and whether or not you should consider them in your overall retirement plan. I'm sure, Brian, based on our conversation, that there are some people out there who would like to get in and get their Madrona analysis that may include the topic that we've talked about. If you're one of those people, you can call right now, 833-673-7373. 
to reserve your spot for your Madrona analysis. Once again, that number is 833-673-7373, and you can call that number right now to make your appointment. You'll get a friendly voice in the other end of the line who will ask you just a few simple questions, then set you up with an advisor at Madrona Financial, and that'll be within about a day or so, so you can sit down and ask your particular questions and get the answers that you need to make an educated decision. Once again, it's not going to cost you a dime, and as a bonus, if you call that number, we'll send you out Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Now remember, no cost, no obligation, 833-673-7373 is the number to call, 833-673-7373, and you can call that number right now. Brian, I think that the takeaway from our conversation so far is that it's very important to have a comprehensive plan. More than that, it's very important that a financial advisor such as you at Madrona Financial and CPAs has a very extensive toolbox. Now, it doesn't really do you a lot of good to have all these tools in the toolbox, though, if you don't know how to use them. It's sort of like a scout in the forest. He or she's got a compass, but they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I I think that's a good point because I want to get very specific here. So, for instance, I might talk to somebody and say, what do you want to do in retirement? They say, oh, I'm going to travel. And I'm like, okay, where to? They go, oh, I don't know. I say, okay, sit down and figure out where you want to travel, when you want to do it, who you're doing it with, at what level you want to do it, what you want to do when you're there. Actually get specific with it because too often we just say these words and then 10 years go by and go, huh, I didn't really do what I thought I wanted to do because I wasn't specific enough. So... I think that applies to financial planning too. I said, well, I got a plan. I I did a spreadsheet or I got a plan. Uh, My advisor gave it to me. I put it in a notebook. Did he have your tax return? No, but I got a plan. It's it's somewhere there. It says I got a lot of numbers and charts. It's really pretty. And so that's not specific enough. So that is not what we're talking about here. We're being very specific. When you bring your money in, we will chart out your qualified assets from your non-qualified, understand the underlying gains in your non-qualified, have plans for that. Whether it's deferral, elimination, step up, DST, whatever, we'll look at your Roth and then we'll do the financial plan. The financial plan will chart us out what each year looks like individually, income, expenses, asset values, all these different events that come up. Oh, I'm going to sell my house in a couple of years and buy one in, in Idaho or whatever. Okay, let's put that in there. Let's get real specific. So we want to get super specific so that we can actually come up with ideas and plans for that. And then when it comes to the investing, oh, I'm just going to put it in the market, right? No, I've got about 20 different places we can put it. There's uh, six major categories, cash, bonds, stocks, real estate, insurance company products, and alternatives. But within that, there's about 20 types of investments we could be making with that. And we'll be investing them differently depending on, again, whether it's in the Roth, whether it's in the non-qualified, whether it's in the qualified accounts. And then our distribution plan has to be very specific. I don't want to be, well, I'm just going to take money out uh, when I'm 73. Well, that's not a plan. That's a requirement. It's called required minimum distributions. That's not a plan. A plan is looking at every single year and saying, where is the money coming from based on the investments? Which accounts is it coming from? And at what level to take advantage of tax savings? So that would be another one. Or to improve your lifestyle, to have the life you want to live. You need to provide enough cash flow in the years you want to spend it. So again, we're being very specific as to our financial plans. And so I, I you know, there's too much generic stuff out there. And I think I brought that up today. You know, what's your number? Uh, really generic. 
oh, do you have a financial plan? Yeah, I got a plan. Really? What does that look like specifically? And is it detailed enough to improve your life, to make a, your the rest of your life better and have you take control of your life, your finances, and, and have a actual specific goals in mind that you're going to accomplish? And so that I wanted to point out that when I talk about financial plan, I'm talking about something very different from what you might get you know, off the computer and you fill in a few numbers and they spit out something. Oh, here's, here's your plan. Well, qualitatively, I think that that lacks. And so I, I would uh, challenge people to get a high-level financial plan that's integrated with your tax returns, integrated with the uh, investment options, that's integrated with a distribution strategy. And Brian, we talked in the show about all the things that Madrona Financial can offer. I mean, you know, cash, cash equivalents that can be insurance products, cruts and crats and, you know, premium finance, life insurance, all those sort of things. I mean, that's really a comprehensive planner. And to that end, I want to ask you, who is Madrona Financial best suited to serve? I mean, somebody who doesn't need those sort of things, certainly they can get benefit from Madrona Financial, but who would you say the ideal client is who's listening to us today who really could take advantage of all the things that you have to offer and the depth of knowledge that you have? Yeah, because we have the the depth that we do have that maybe seem unfair, but you know we do have we ask that clients have at least five hundred thousand dollars of investable assets. Not to say if you have a hundred thousand, you're not important. We have a ton of resources on our website. You can learn about stuff. It's all free. We want to help you be more educated with all your decisions. But you know we're people. We have a finite amount of time and we want to be able to serve the people that we have the toolbox to serve best. And so most of our clients have well over 500000 So certainly the, the higher your net worth, actually the better for us because we're equipped to help you in so many different areas. We, you know, we have the breadth of product availability, the knowledge, you know, the experience, the CPA firm, estate planning, business succession, charitable gifting strategies, real estate succession, all that kind of stuff is stuff we love to get into. And it may be intimidating for you to do by yourself or maybe with the advisor you have right now. So actually, the funny thing is your situation doesn't have to be complex, but I love complex situations. I love it when there's a ton of different things going on, a lot of moving parts. We have the, a great toolbox to deal with that. And so the more complex, the better personally. You don't have, again, you don't, don't have to have a super complex scenario, but know that we can handle that. So that, that's kind of where I like to shine, essentially, is the more complex, the better. Brian, I was talking with a former colleague of mine whose husband was retiring from Boeing after 35 years. And I said, you know, maybe you should consult a financial advisor who's also a CPA. And she responded with, well, my husband's a really smart guy. He was an engineer at Boeing. He handles all of that. Do you find that people who are really smart people sometimes are not smart when it comes to their financial planning? Well, I mean, you can be the smartest person in the world, but uh, earlier in the show, I listed off all the things you do not have access to as a do-it-yourself investor. And so how are you going to provide for cash flow and security if you're in the stock and bond market? I mean, we said there's five things. How are you going to provide for getting out of your rental houses and not paying all the tax if you don't have access to Delaware Statutory Trust? You can't. So you can't do those on your own. So I don't care how smart you are. You can't do the things you want to do because you don't have all the tools in the toolbox available to you. It's an SEC thing. You just don't. Uh, you have to go through a financial advisor for a majority of the techniques that we use to provide things outside of growth and liquidity. I mean, I, I got growth and liquidity, you know, with growth comes risk. So that's stocks and bonds. 
Okay, but did I provide for cash flow in my retirement? Isn't that kind of important? In fact, most people that I talk to in retirement, what's your number one goal? Is it max growth? And they go, no, it's cash flow. Okay, well, you're not accomplishing that with your Microsoft stock or whatever. It's not built for that. It's not designed for that. Would you like to accomplish that with other tools that can provide better cash flow? Yeah. How about security? How did you feel in 2022 with your stock and bond market? Terrible. They got hammered. Like, okay, would you like more security? Yeah, okay, I got to go into something else that you can't access by yourself. So in answer to your question, I get that all the time. I'm super smart. Well, yes, you are, but you don't have access. And so if you can't get in the building, you know, you don't have a key to the door. I mean, it, it doesn't help. So uh, if you want some of these other attributes to your uh, financial plan, the tax savings, the uh, cash flow and security, I often have to go outside of stock and bond markets to get those things. Brian, I would say based on our conversation today that this is the most robust and comprehensive conversation that anyone will hear on the radio this weekend here in Seattle. <laughs> I suspect so, Jeff. Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to hear Martha from Lake Stevens who wants to know about taking Social Security at age 62, this is not the show for you. There are plenty of shows out there. So I would imagine that if people listening to the show today have some questions about their financial journey, and it does include tax minimization or uh, private equity, private debt, and whether they should include it in their retirement plan, they should call 833-673-7373 right now and get your Madrona analysis. Once again, that number, 833-673-7373. If this is not your father's retirement, get in and talk to an advisor at Padrona Financial. It's not going to cost you a dime, and there is no obligation for that. As I said, you can call that number right now to make your reservation, 833-673-7373. Brian, on today's show, we talked about how a CPA would recommend you take income in retirement, private equity, private debt, and should I include it in my retirement plan, and how complex all this really is. What are your closing comments today based on our conversation? Yeah, you know, one of the things I think about when I've been meeting with people of late, it's, it's always about what are we solving for? What is the primary objective that we are solving for? I understand everybody wants everything. They want growth, security, liquidity, cash flow, and tax savings. But there needs to be an order to that because perhaps you're, you're doing fine in certain areas. Like maybe your asset base has grown to a point where it's way more than you'll ever spend in your lifetime and it satisfies your, your legacy desires. So it's not really about maxing your risk and rewards continuum anymore. It's more about, well, maybe I'd I'd like a little bit more security and cash flow or tax savings is really important. A lot of people come to us because tax savings is number one. They just feel rotten when they have to write a big tax bill and they don't want to do that. And they know they're just kind of floating because they're not getting anybody to give them specific advice on how their tax situation can improve given their portfolio, their age, their distribution, their types of investments, the types of accounts that they're in. And so again, we want to be very specific on on how to help people, but really solving for what you need to have things solved for. And that is the epitome of not being a cookie cutter approach. We're not going to say, yeah, move your money over, 60-40 stock bond split, that'll be, uh, that'll take care of everything for you. Or move your money over, we'll put it all into annuities, you'll be secure the rest of your life, you never have to watch the news again. But that's not generally what we're going to do. We're, we're not going to do that. We're going to understand that there are different objectives at different varying levels. I understand all five of those things, uh, objectives are important. Which are the most important to you? We want to solve for that. And we want to have a proper distribution strategy, given the different types of accounts and the different taxation of those different accounts and the different marginal tax brackets that you're going to have for the rest of your life. There's a huge matrix here of decisions and so forth 
you don't have to make them. We will do the, the grinding and, and, the, and the hard work there to come up with uh, understandable solutions and that we can show you what the plan is and why specifically. And I think, again, I think maybe that's the most important takeaway from today's discussion is about the specificity of the different things that we're acknowledging we need to look at. And if those things aren't getting looked at with the proper tools in the toolbox, then you really can't get the job done right. And so we want to be very specific in our advice and we need all of the resources available, the tax return, the financial plan, all the different investment products and the knowledge on how to implement all of that stuff. So I think that's the takeaway. The other brief takeaway is do it sooner rather than later. Don't just put this off. Brian, we're out of time for this week, but certainly I want to thank you for your time. Most of all, though, I want to thank our listeners for joining us each and every week here for Growing Your Wealth. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Madrona Financial and CPAs is a registered trade name used singly and collectively for the affiliated entities Madrona Financial Services LLC, Madrona, and Bauer Evans Inc. PC. Bauer Evans. Investment advisory services are provided through Madrona. CPA services are provided through Bauer Evans.